Welcome to Monkey and Frank. My name is Dope and my body is Dom. And today, first thing I want to say is uh, to my cousin Frank. Frank, Frank, my cousin who passed away uh, a while back. The guy that is the uh, <laughs> the logo of Monkey and Frank. I wanted to let you know, man, that I miss you with all my heart. I wanted to thank you for all of the courage that you're bringing me every single day in this life. Um, I know that life was hard when you left, but I'm really glad that I found spirituality and I'm now here enjoying, well, not enjoying, but being here and now and being silent mind and being proud of myself and loving myself. That's the biggest one. Thank you. I'm at a point in my life now that I can actually say that. I love myself. I am love. And the reason why I can say that is because of spirituality, because I believe that there's something greater, because I can feel in my heart that something else, something that it's not going to be done when I die, that my awareness will live on somehow, um, you know, and that is special. Yeah. So I wanted to share with the audience uh, <laughs> the uh, the first time that I kind of re recreated a relationship with you, Frank, uh, after ayahuasca. I was here and I wanted to do a cannabis ceremony where I would go and just spend some time with the trauma of losing my cousin uh, in a motorcycle accident. So the first thing I do is I come downstairs, I burn some sage, and I write in my intention book that I want time to ponder or to reflect upon uh, the grief that I was holding. And I had the uh, cannabis jar. I uh, grew some cannabis uh, the year back in, in, in a beautiful black jar, and I had it open. And as I was writing my message inside my journal, I just started to cry. Frank came around and I, I felt his presence. I felt like my little cousin around and I just started to cry and I was not realizing but I was crying and snotting all over my weed. All like there was like almost two ounces inside that jar. <laughs> and and as I was crying, I didn't realize it, but I looked down and I'm crying over and I, I start to laugh because I felt like it was just a big joke and my cousin wanted to play a joke on me. So anyways, I, I rolled the weed. Anyways, like I didn't care. I went outside, smoked up, come back downstairs. And when I came back downstairs, I was doing my uh, sapo breathing, which is just uh, a full breath in, let go. And when I let go is I go through the emotions. I, I look with my third eye and I open my heart and I just focus on my intention. And I often lose track of my intention because it's written down. I trust that the spirits, uh, the my ancestors are looking out for what I want. And so I just focus on intention and my feelings and they just grow. And I, I call it stoking the fire, the fire because as I'm breathing and doing the Wim Hof breathing, the full breath in and let go, to me I'm stoking the fire of my intentions. As I was doing that, Frank comes in full blast in a vision and he, first of all, shows me 
all of the time that like all of the time that I was there for him so basically I saw through his eyes myself and what I meant to him because all this time that I was suffering grief I was not thinking of what you know I meant to him all I was thinking is what he meant to me and how much I had lost I lost and how much I was missing him and my rock and how much I needed him and I never realized the other way around on how much he needed me while he was alive how much I meant to him and vision after vision I could see through his eyes all of the moments that meant dear to him that he was going to hold on you know that it that he was going to hold with him even on the other side like all these magical moments and I just started to cry because even though I thought that I was the only one feeling sadness no I realized that he was feeling the same sadness he was feeling my sadness his sadness that he didn't get to meet my daughter that he didn't get to meet my wife or you know to to grow old with me and have all of the dreams that we had talked about and it was cool like there was a a human aspect to his soul and that was so great and as well as i was seeing through all of this vision i could see the maturity that he had acquired on the other side just by being on the other side he was such a uh, a power something more than just a little cousin it was like a god and he put his hand on my shoulder saying now i'm there for you you've been there for me all of my life all of this life i see and i'm so grateful that you are there for me and now let me be there for you let me guide and be a protector over your shoulder and and it was insane it's saying i must have cried for an hour and a half to two hours but it was a cry of such joy, sadness, grief mixed with amazement and spiritual wow, you know, as if I was going through something like that. I'm telling you, since Peru, since December 2019, those types of experience, vision, moments have been so many. I like there are so many that I forget some and I and I think to myself, like, no, I want to remember them all. They are so special to me. They define who I am. There's, there, there are lessons that I keep learning and relearning because I forget them. There's so many experiences that come my way that often I find myself re-experiencing the same lessons over and over, which is so beautiful. The paradox of forgetting, the idea that God put it inside our dna like as a human if you're going to be a human the first thing you need to do is forget so that you can ex re re-remember re-experience relive and even in a lifetime you'll be forgetting lessons over and over again it's such a beautiful crazy insane beautiful paradox <laughs> so today i was uh having a walk and I decided to do the no shirt. It was minus three about. And I went outside, no shirt. I wanted my vitamin D. I wanted to practice shame resilience. So I went for a 45-minute walk with just no shirt. And as I was doing the walk, at first, the cold kind of hits your body. And 
you have to honor the cold and just be and know that the feeling of pain, which is cold, is there for healing. It will not hurt you. All you need to do is breathe through it and gain control of your breath. And you'll see that your feelings are going to match your breath, right? And it, it forces you to go back to the breath. Because if you don't, you're just going to start shivering. And it's going to be, you know, you're not going to want to stay. You're going to run back home, right? So I start walking. I start taking deep breaths in because the cold uh, was getting to me. And after, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, I finally managed to get my breath under control where my body was just comfort. Like it was, the cold was not bothering me anymore. It was, I was in a state of like, this is just a feeling. And as soon as that happened, I envisioned my sapo ceremony. It came back to me on... During my sapo ceremony, I was doing the Wim Hof breathing, but like to the core. It was deep breath in, all the way out, deep breath in, all the way out. But I, I didn't know that I was doing this action. But it reminded me on how the breath is the most important thing that anyone can master. Like if I would say, you know, what do you want to master in this? The breath, period. Taking a full breath in without it being tense, but having like a great lungs, great diaphragm, a great uh, way to oxygenate all of your, your, your blood, your, you know, properly and efficiently is the most important thing. I started doing the Wim Hof breathing about nine years ago now, and I'm telling you, my breath has evolved day by day, month by month. It's always changing. And even now, and I do the Wim Hof breathing every single night, a minimum of 20 minutes. And I'm still amazed on how my breath uh, is evolving. So as I was walking today, I was breathing in and I could feel the Sapo experience coming back and telling me the breath. If you have the breath, there is no amount, like there's nothing that can challenge you. You can have the utmost pain, the utmost fear, the utmost extreme feelings. But if you're still doing that full breath in and you off, like, and you stay at the top, you're going to be in control of your emotions. You're going to be in control of the, the, the cold, the heat, uh, the dryness, the, the fact that you're dying and you need water and you didn't have water for hours now, that... It's the breath, you know, deep breath in through the nose, let go. And when you let go, it's not pushing the air out. You just let your lungs decompress as if it's a relaxation. So now every breath become a, you know, like deep breath in is a way of like verifying or the way I call it is when I take a deep breath in, it feels like a shower as if there's water that's running all over to the extremities so from the beginning of my breath to the end of my breath it feels like a, a sheet of water of water went from my lungs to the top of my head to the tip of my finger and the bottom and then when I let go it feels like a funnel where everything all of, where all of the oxygen are at my extremity it comes back in and goes inside the heart and through the heart forward so as if I'm breathing out of my heart and I tried to do that at every single breath of my life. It's so important. It is, 
I can't uh, stress that enough. And it was showing me as well during the walk, uh, my fourth ceremony on how it was so cool because all of the week with ayahuasca, I had no vision, no hallucination, no great feelings. It was basically like uh, eating a edible, a cannabis edible, but like a very strong one and being uncomfortable in my my body, you know, period. The third ceremony taught me that if I use the breath and I use the Wim Hof breathing, or I called it the Sapo breathing, um, you can get through anything. Because I was in a state of pure agony with ayahuasca, but yet I was able to be not happy about it, but not unhappy. I was, you know, I handled it like a champ. I I did my breathing, I did the Sapo breathing, and I puked a few times and I, I was a kind of like a warrior but the fourth ceremony I take the medicine and again it makes me feel like I ate an edible of cannabis and right away at the beginning I'm like you know what I, I'm going to take control of this shit I don't want to feel like that for the next four hours I'm just going to do the sapo breathing and I'm going to shove the fingers down my throat and I'm going to puke and get it over with so because I've learned so much this week, I, I don't care about the psychedelic aspect of ayahuasca. You know, I was just, that's it. I just don't want no more suffering and I want to take my life in my own hand. So I start breathing deep, deep, deep. And, you know, like 20, 30, 40 breaths until I feel like really high, high on my own supply. And I shove the finger down my throat. But when I did that, I remember bringing in all of my, all of me. Like, I remember the feeling of, like, I'm taking all of myself and I'm making this this decision for me and I'm done. And I shove my finger down my throat and it does not work. Shove my finger down my throat a second time. And as soon as I did that, poof, the gold showed up, showed up and the triangles with the eyes all, like, showed up so fast in my mind. And it's like I fell backward and I just started breathing but that type of breathing and as I was walking today it was really showing because it's almost like I had forgotten but it was crazy intense like I went into a crazy wriggle snake breathing in out you know like my body was going through a crazy transformation or a crazy experience as if it was sapo but like for four hours and the first hour, it was, like like I said, just an intense breathing. And as I was walking, I was going through that today. And it was so cool because it was showing me how, how insane it was, <laughs> basically. If you guys never done ayahuasca or 5-MeO-DMT, the toad, it's nothing that can be described. It's all of your feelings times a million. And I wanted to describe it better for you especially my fourth ceremony but it's ineffable like the i don't know it's like mushroom but way more and again ayahuasca is different supposedly per ceremony so i had three very similar ceremony of pain and physical discomfort and the fourth one was so unique it was the state of bliss for four hours every single decision thought that was coming through my mind was the best freaking idea best thought i've ever had but the feelings don't match how i'm i'm saying it is like again times a million i it was mind blown times a million 
and it was the best feeling I've ever had in ever, ever for a full evening. That was crazy. I mean, if I could have a feeling like that ever again, and even when I was on that feeling, I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, am I ever not, am, is this going to be my new life? I thought that the way I felt was going to be my new life. And I was thinking to myself, like, this is going to be hard to live like this. Oh, my God, because I, you know, I was thinking, I was picturing myself going on the plane and not behaving like a normal human being because just the idea of doing something new was mind-blowing. When I learned to talk that night, I was so mind-blown that I had forgotten that I knew how to talk. And I remember they called for a second call, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the voice exists. And I made like a voice like, hi, hi. And I was mind-blown that I could talk. And I just started whispering to myself because I didn't want to disturb anybody around me. And it was crazy. Today I found out that, uh, well, not today, yesterday or something like that, that the government is announcing like a free tuition to become a uh, palliative nurse or caretaker or whatever. And it's calling to me. I really want to switch my profession and work with the dying. But tonight I had this crazy experience with my daughter where... I uh, decided to tell her, it's like, hey, daddy wants to switch his job to uh, go work with the people that are dying so that I can help them, you know, have a better crossing so that they can go to the love world, whatever. And she's like, I don't know if it's a good idea, daddy. It's It, it sounds like a very hard job for you. And I'm like, and I took it seriously. My, when my daughter speaks, is it's no joke, right? She's four, but she's so, they're so connected to the source that I I listen and I pay attention. And I'm like, well, I really don't like my job right now. I I would like to do something else, something where I can help people. And she's like, yes, but working with dead people looks difficult. And I don't want you to switch your job when the virus is here. Because then what if you get the virus? And I'm like, oh, my God, it's already like she's only four years old. And she's concerned for my health, for my even though I often speak of spirituality and the idea that our awareness will continue and that you're not your body and to be there for your body, it's such a beautiful vessel and it's going to give you so many beautiful experiences and I'm always here for you and God is love and mother and blah, 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 souls. And still, like, she doesn't want me and I and totally understand, but it's crazy how fast they uh they they catch on to the uh, yeah and it's beautiful because they're but anyways at the end not that i convinced her but i was like um but i really want to work with people and really help them see that maybe there is a god or there is some something after and if i can just remove a little bit of their suffering through my gentleness and my voice and my care then that will make my heart sing way more than what I'm doing right now. And she's like, shh, daddy, it's okay. It's okay. I think you should switch your job. I think you're you're going to be good, but it's going to be hard. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I expect that. And uh, it, I probably don't know what I'm getting into. It's probably going to be way harder than I expect. But I think I'm ready. And I I want to put it out there that 
it feels like my destiny, you know, my destiny is to be here and now and to have my heart and my mind open to the communication of the world, of Mother of God through signs, through coincidence, through anything, love, conversations, you know, anything. And when I came back from Peru, I was contemplating doing this type of work because when I found self-love and then I, you know, had a few experiences with like a, an example is a conversation with God, that guy that wrote the book that blew me away. And then the near, anyways, walking towards death has been the most transformative thing in my life, other than the breath, of course. And I want to be there and do that for others. I've had a vision of like one day owning my own place where people would come to my place and really have a beautiful death where the family members could stay, you know, where there would be like a, a big room where the deceased and the family would be able to be in and, you know, like so comfortable, not a hospital setting. Somewhere where there's a you know a garden, tree, the natural food that you know the family could go and get, and for anyways, that I dream of a place where I can make death a part of society where it's not only accepted as revered, you know people would want to die the way they want, like to die and with an honor of the body you know when the body dies and is showing you what's going on and you have to let go that's so beautiful and i've never seen it this way before and actually have regrets like i'm hoping that i can get this training before my grandpa passes away i want to be there for him it would be nice or anybody in my family members yeah but i it is a uh something that I've been contemplating a, a lot. And, oh yeah, to say, you know, I want to listen to the world and blah, blah, blah. Well, when they announced that they were going to make that training free because we're in dire needs of palliative care people in Ontario and that they were, you know, shortening the course and blah, blah, blah. I can't help. I was laughing. It's like abundance. You know, God is clearly asking me to apply for something that is given, you know, to me. So, thank you. I will apply, and if it works out, it works out. If not, not. Oh, man. My ceremony wall is amazing. I really... Oh, yeah, the breathing today and the walk and the ceremony wall, they all came together as uh, ancestors. As I'm living today and when my ideas with my actions I feel I feel like I'm putting in an effort to keep all of the ancestors and everybody that is pushing me forward in the love world in the sapo world on the other side um, but really it's all one right and I the more that I bring them in my awareness as I'm living, the oh man, it's such a blessing. Now, of course, you can't hold on to everything, right? I'm here and now. I'm in presence. That's my number one goal. And then everything else is bonus. If I can feel the presence of God or feel like 
I have the ancestors pushing me forward or I can have uh, the uh, you know the feeling of effort or gratitude as I'm doing life you know as life asks me to do things from my children to my wife that's mostly these two or my work yeah those are the only thing right now that are dictating what my choices are and then the rest is all based on spirituality and you know these podcasts to videos to that's the only thing i feel drawn to do is to be here and now and to talk about it as i'm staring at my third eye you know it's so cool so i'm feeling very very blessed to be able to to do this this is crazy um yeah amazing <laughs> totally amazing the breath the ancestor here and now oh and the one more step i was really again thinking of when we went to that uh, walk me and my wife and we got crazy mosquito thing one more step the breath and the ancestors i had a vision where i would i was reliving that experience but instead of feeling a sense of um doom as if i was going to die as if a bear was going to come in and he was going to kill us all my family and i what if i would and i was reliving that experience as if my ancestors were there and it was instead of agony it was and it was so it was the same feeling of agony you know like my body was screaming i was still looking out for bears and being kind of the the protector of my wife and my newly born child and uh but yeah the vision itself so it made me think of i have a practice where i go back in the past and i think of any time that me dom do needed a hug and i go back as the man that i am now and i think of that memory and i change it by giving a hug to that little person and that's been changing my life so much in self love right well Today, I was applying the same concept, but with my ancestors. So I was going back in the past, every time that I was lazy, every time that I felt disappointed that I didn't take action, and I kind of took action, or maybe not even took action, like I relived the same moment where I didn't take action, but I was bringing in my ancestors uh, where they were encouraging me. So it turned the idea of that memory of instead of being a disappointment it was now a look at this uh my ancestors were encouraging me back then now they're encouraging me now and same with like uh i would rethink of memories with my girlfriends of the past and instead of behaving like a scared little person that was strapped and that didn't have a voice now i would think of myself with that voice and i was kind of reliving those memories but with honor and respect as if i was healing like it felt like i was healing memories with my ancestors and the way that they were doing that is they were re-showing me visions but like as if i was behaving differently as if it was a different dimension maybe i don't know but it felt like healing i wanted to throw it out there cuz it's so cool that if you can spend a little bit of time and just think of your memory as if you're here and now but thinking of your memories and go give yourself a hug go change that memory and bring your ancestors and see 
or bring courage or bring honor or bring truth to that memory and see how it feels. See if you're able to convince your mind that that's the new memory now. I don't want to hold on to that memory of pain, suffering, because it's just the way I thought about it. It's not real. It's my choice, and I choose to believe. I choose to have faith, to have love, to grow, and to be here for others, and to witness the good and the bad, and not to just go towards comfort, to go towards cold, death, you know, the breath, work, uh, the body, everything, um, food. It's so hard. Everything that is easy, <laughs> everything that is easy and good in the mouth and super awesome is often terrible for you. So the paradox of making an effort at every corner is so real. And you see it in people that are so dedicated in a healthy way you know like not people that are just doing it for fame or money or oh man just money that one alone that one still hooks me i wish i had financial freedom but i am not ready i want to have financial freedom when you know i am fully spiritual where i know that i'm gonna do good with that money and if not don't send it my way i want to die spiritually Oh man, abundance, 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 but in like, you know, when you are ready. And I trust that it's going to deliver when I'm ready. So yeah, man, like this is so interesting. Thank you so much, everybody that's in my life right now that's listening to this, all of my friends that have played a part in my journey this year. Oh my God, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are insane. And when I mean you guys, I mean you, God, you, Mother. All of those illusions that are walking around that are helping me grow are all perfect. And it's all meant to be for me, for you, for everybody. I can't, you know, I am nothing. All I want to do is to serve, to honor, to grow and to be here and now for myself, which is God, Mother, you, me. <laughs> Love you guys. And uh, Monkey and Frank, my friend, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Monkey and Frank for life. Love you with all my heart.